Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Oh, hello. Didn't see you there. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast, the podcast where we rank the Fighters Only Fans pages from best to still pretty good. That actually is what this podcast is about. And let me tell you something. They're all they're all good. I've I've seen some some screenshots of a few. I mean, I really do feel like it's kind of hypocritical of me. But I'm more about supporting the OnlyFans of real people. Not that fighters aren't real people. But I mean not celebrities is what I meant to say. And I consider fighters celebrities. So anyway, welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. If you're watching this on Patreon, which you should be, you'll know that it's just me today. My name is Juice. And normally I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Leo. Leo had some stuff going on and uh, he couldn't be with us, but he wanted me to send a massive thank you to everybody for uh, just supporting us and just uh, continuing to follow our journey. I know when I um, stopped doing FWM, we did lose some listeners, but we gained better listeners with friendly sparring. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You guys are the fucking best. Um, um, <laughs> another thing you might be able to see if you're, uh, well, not might be, you will be, if you're watching on Patreon is that I'm, I'm a little drunk cause I'm not gonna lie. It's been a kind of a hellish day and, uh, I need to fucking unwind and spoiler alert. I was drunk as shit for the fights last night. So I am going to recap, but just know that there's some that I didn't entirely see, which I'll of course disclose we'll get there in a second let me just take a little little drinky and we'll get going i was gonna do the pinky i feel like i've really been letting down the video aspect of the podcast you know leo is uh, much better at it than me leo has actually um shown his massive areolas as he likes to say you know i think i'm gonna join him so if you're only listening you won't even benefit from this Oh my god, I'm so white, you can't even see my fucking nipples, dude. (laughs) But anyway, moving on. What I was about to say is that we had a fucking banger fight card last night for the UFC. Now, there was it was a competing night between the UFC and Bellator. And on paper, the Bellator card was better. It really was. However, your boy doesn't watch Bellator. I just don't. I don't support it. Not that I don't support it, it's fucked up. I actually like a lot of Bellator fighters, and um, Bellator does do some things that I like. I like the tournaments. Um, that one of the reasons that made this fight card better was the fact that it was like the ending of the featherweight tournament, I believe. AJ McKee knocked the fuck out of Patricia people, dude. Well, he submitted him. He made, put him to sleep. He, well, he fucking, I'm just going to get this right because I'm not going to recap the Bellator, but I saw the fucking main event. AJ McKee hit 
Pibble with this amazing combo where he kind of, I don't know if he faked a cross, but he like, he threw something. I don't know if it was a feint or if it was meant to kind of connect. It was, But it basically it was to set up a head kick. He set up a nice head kick, which slumped Pitbull, but he recovered quickly and got up. And AJ, <laughs> he almost like, sell it like he sell he took a step back and like celebrated that he dropped the fucking champion who's like one of the best fighters in the world right now um and then he very quickly recovers like, oh shit this guy actually didn't go away and then he put him in a guillotine like a standing guillotine which put him to sleep it was like john jones machida style except for agent mckee's not a piece of shit so he didn't drop fucking machida like uh well not machida pitbull like a sack of potatoes but bro it was like the featherweight fucking john jones leo machida he like put him to sleep with his guillotine mike beltran was the referee he was like hey this motherfucker's out go on stop the fight so that was pretty fucking wild. <laughs> but anyway, the UFC was, it was one of those cards that like the hipsters are like, see, don't judge a fight card until it happens. And listen, I've most definitely been one of those guys before. And honestly, I look back and I, I cringe a little bit. I do. Um, just because it like, well, I shouldn't say cringe. It can be both. It can both be a shitty card on paper and uh sleeper fight night that delivers like at the end of the day it's still quality entertainment like that's what we watch the ufc for right is is entertainment and mma in general it's entertainment and i was fucking entertained last night those were some banger fights but there weren't a lot of you know divisional implications with a lot of these fights you know what i mean like it just really wasn't anything it was it wasn't like oh hey uh Here's a fucking number one contender fight. Here's uh, you know two hot prospects. It's literally like a bunch of people who only have like a small handful of, of UFC fights. Some of them less than others. And here's a, a fight card. And we lost like four fights. We lost a ton. Well, one of them got back because there was a time when we lost... Jared Gooden and Nicholas Stolze. Uh, that with the glasses. <laughs> uh, that got back. Apparently, it was like some sort of COVID issue. It was like I don't think either of them ever tested positive for COVID, and that's why ultimately they put the fight back on. But I think it was like someone on their camp or something like that, which is the whole protocol where they're like, you know, whatever. But I think now they've got it to figure it out, so it's sort of like not a risk. I don't know. I mean. That to me seems like it still would be a risk, but I didn't really know. We don't know the whole story, at least as far as I know. Um, but um, I wanted to kind of get to the fights. Um, in sticking with tradition, I am going to just recap um, one prelim. Normally we do two with Leo, but um, I'm just going to do my one. Although I do want to shout out... <laughs> Before I do mine, I'm going to shout out um, honorary prelim, Chris Gritzmacher versus uh, Rafa Garcia. Now, again, I want to reiterate, I was pretty drunk last night. <laughs> wife wife was uh, out of the house. She's like dog sitting. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get fucking good and trashed and not feel bad about it. Was good and trashed. Was watching this fight. Also, don't really like Chris Gritzmacher that much. I thought Rafa won the fight, but not in a way that I was 
mad at the judging, not in a way that I was like thinking it was a robbery or anything. And I certainly didn't have the case to back it up because I really hate the 10 point must system. So I don't, I don't usually go like, around with, Oh, well he won that round and that one. Like only, only when it's super obvious, like huh, Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick. Hello. But I remember like there was, there was times in the, I want to say the second round, I, I think it was towards the end of the second round where I thought Rafa was going to finish Chris Gritzmacher again was drunk. So if that sounds wild, don't fucking fault me. But I literally, I legitimately thought it was like about to be a fucking, that's it for Chris. I, I, I remember tweeting out, Oh, Rafa might catch a body in the third. And he lost the fight. So I don't know what the fuck happened. I literally was so shocked. And I, and I, and I made a tweet. I was like, Hey guys, full disclosure, I'm really drunk and I'm biased, but did Chris actually win that fight? And it was almost unanimously like everyone in the, in the comments was like, yes, yes, he won. Some people understood what I was saying where it was like, no, no, you're fine. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't look further into it. He, he actually did win. You're just drunk. Then some people were like, what the fuck? Of course he won. Duh. Like some people were being assholes, which, you know, it's, it's fucking Twitter. That's what people do. It's fucking Twitter. Jesus. I feel like now <laughs> the video aspect of the podcast is really taking it to a new level with this. Like when I have to do it solo, because now I'm like, I can literally talk to myself. I'm literally fighting with myself. Anyway, um, the actual prelim I wanted to highlight was Philip Rowe ver- uh, versus Orion Kosi. Philip uh, defeated Orion at uh, four minutes and 21 seconds of round number two via TKO. Oh my God, this fucking fight, dude, was nasty. Um, firstly, I picked Philip Rowe. But as soon as the fight started, I was like, oh, my God, I meant to pick Orion because Orion was on Combat Sports with Rhino a few weeks ago. And I've listened to every single one of Rhino's episodes. He's in the 70s at this point, I believe. Legitimately my favorite interview. Well, top five. This, this kid was like on fire. He had a sense of humor. He was fired up. He was like talking shit too. like usually they're like they don't really like talk about their opponents too much um and sometimes you have people on that don't have a fight lined up but usually they do and then usually they're like oh yeah he's a good like whatever fucking orion was like well uh i think rhino asked him like oh what what do you feel about your opponent like uh coming up philip philip bro and he's like well he's got a brown belt but you wouldn't know that watching his fights or like something like that he was like oh shit he was he was talking shit i didn't do it justice just now but he was like Throwing shade on him for real. And he just seemed like a, a fun guy to watch. I was like, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> and then like, I, I think I picked Philip Rowe last time as well. And he lost. And then that, that first round where Orion is like wrestle fucking him. I was like, this motherfucker Philip Rowe is about to let me down twice in a row. I'm never picking him again. I I feel dumb as shit that I didn't remember Orion Kosi. I was like, why? Why? I was so mad at myself. And then Philip survived and beat the brakes off him in round two. And I was like, yeah, dude, uh, it was a, it was a great time. So that fight was fucking awesome. Um, but, but this, the sequence like Orion was tough as shit. Like Philip was at one time had him in the Muay Thai plum, the clinch and was like spamming knees like three in a row, uh, to his fucking face, like not knees to the body. He was like kneeing him in the face. Orion was like, nope, 
I got this. We're still fighting. Come get me. And then he was firing back sometimes too. I was like, this kid is not going away. Um, and then Philip finally got the stoppage. Oh my God. It was so, it was so awesome. So really fucking, really fucking loved that fight. I wanted to shout out Philip Rowe because he didn't let me down. And I will be picking him again in the future, as long as it's a favorable matchup, let's be fair. Um, but no, I fucking love that guy. Moving on to the main card, however, uh, basically every single fight, and I'm looking here, not basically, actually, every single fight was absolute fucking chef's kiss. It was a bang. They were, they were all fucking bangers. And I feel like I overuse that word way too much. It's starting to dilute it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a banger. That was a banger. Like my wife used to watch, um, beauty gurus and stuff on YouTube. And now she's, she like doesn't have the patience for it and watches fucking TikTok. And they're not even all, she just watches random shit on TikTok, but she used to watch like YouTube a lot. And there was this, they, they do these things called like hauls, right? Beauty gurus on YouTube are the fucking ones that get sponsored by like the makeup brands and clothing brands and shit. And they're like, you know, a haul H A U L is like they went shopping or got a fucking package from sponsors or whatever. Fuck. I really don't think these people should be paying fucking travesty. Anyway, I'm such a pretentious piece of shit, but they would do a haul of like all the stuff they bought or whatever. This one girl, and I can't even remember who it was because I don't follow that. And I've tried to like describe it to her and describe it. And she's like, Oh, it could have been this one. It could have been that one. It could have been that one. So I, I have no idea. This fucking girl was like, every single piece of clothing she would get or like makeup, I think it was mostly clothes. She was like, yeah, so this top is here and this is from fall collection of this. Um, obsessed with that. And here's this obsessed with that. And this, Oh my God, obsessed with that. Everything she was obsessed with and the energy was so low. And I was like, that phrase means nothing. Like if you say I'm obsessed with it, you can't have five obsessions in a row, especially things you just fucking bought. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, I always say, like, if we get something, I'm like, yeah, I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, that fight was a banger. Anyways, that fight was a banger. Oh, also a banger. These fights, bangers. But seriously, they were, they were good fights. Which, obviously, you know if you watched them. I feel like if you're listening to this podcast or watching it on Patreon, you watch the fights. Uh, but Jason Witt versus Brian Barberina, man, this was a fucking amazing fight. And I would say I'm a little disappointed. I picked uh, Brian Barberina. Um, Jason Witt defeated Brian Barberina via majority decision. But honestly, it was a good showing for Jason Witt. Like, Jason Witt has not had the best run in the UFC, I feel. Maybe I'm just not remembering most of fight, most of his fights because they were they were they were talking they were commenting on one of his prior finishes because he got in the same spot. I was like arm triangle against the fence, and motherfucking Fitzy Brian Brandon Fitzgerald was like oh almost got the arm try. I was like don't abbreviate it arm triangle to arm try, dude. Don't do that. Just don't do that. Um, I wonder if Brandon Fitzgerald listens to this podcast and be like, okay, so juice from friendly sparring is canceled love that for me but anyways dude um jason witt uh gave brian barbarina a hell of a dog fight which is i mean it was really like the quintessential brian barbarina fight when you think about um all his fights and um i absolutely loved it um so moving on to the next fight melsic bogdasarian defeated colin england via ko 
at one minute 50 seconds of round number two. I've written one minute and 150 seconds because I'm so drunk. But uh, this is the fight. Speaking of so drunk, I didn't watch all the way. So there's this thing on Twitter. If you are on Twitter, you know about it. It's called Spaces. It's basically like Twitter's version of this thing called Clubhouse, which you may know about also. It's like basically uh, an audio conference call that's not about business. It's like like just a fucking group audio thing. It's like having a group chat where everyone speaks instead of uh, types. I'm really not explaining it well, but I feel like you know. I feel like 90% of the people listening right now know what I'm talking about. Spotify does a similar thing called Green Room, which I'm thinking about doing for the patrons, but then it's only available on Spotify, so that wouldn't even make sense because then people would, I don't know. It's it's weird. I kind of don't like it because, one, it gives faceless accounts a platform. Like whenever I'm, I, I see it comes off, it's you know goes up there where the fleets are and you can see it. Um, 90% of the time I just see faceless accounts, and I'm like, y'all. Just stop. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a fucking selfie or whatever as your Abby, doesn't necessarily mean you're a face account. If I've seen your face, you're you're not a face account. If you post uh, pictures on the timeline, at least occasionally, you're not a faceless account. Or if you just make banger memes and you're not a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about the fucking ones with the fighter Abby that are like trolls and, and weaponize their anonymity. Fuck them. But anyway, it gives those motherfuckers a platform. And and if you host a space, you have to, like, take the mic away if people are wilding and not enough people do that. And uh, it also, like, I don't know. I just feel like I go in there and I don't know everyone, and it's weird. Plus, it uh, lends itself to just talking aimlessly, which can go wrong. However, I was fucking drunk, and I decided it was a good idea. Which it kind of was. Uh, my girl Amy, if you don't know, uh, Wordsmith Wench, was hosting it. And I saw Shay in there. G was in there. Those are my girls. Um, I want to say there was uh, Olivia popped in like right after I did. Um, the, AKA Muay Thai Chick, I think is her handle. Um, those are those were the main people I know. And then Rizzo came later um, and whatever. This guy Jimmy was in there trolling. <laughs> Like fucking whatever, I, like I said some some fucking shit about Dana White. I was like fuck Dana White. And he was like, hey man, that's my president. Don't insult. I was like, okay, dude. I almost bought. And then Amy was like, no, he's trolling. I'm working on my Amy impression. If you guys know her, she's like, don't listen to him, Jews. I don't know. It's like she's got such like a sultry voice. Um, I love it. But anyways, the fucking spaces was lit. And I was I was talking shit. Kairos jumped in later. That's that's the one I'm forgetting. Kairos jumped in later, or maybe he was already there. I'm I'm forget. I was drunk anyway. Um, I was singing at one point. I was singing Tina Turner. Someone said like, "Oh, my boy's favorite song is, or my dad's favorite song, or whatever is fucking." They called it "Rolling on a River." I was like, "Well, it's called Proud Mary." First of all, okay, so it's called Proud Mary, but I sang it um, really fucking loudly. And I was watching this fight, and so because I was not paying attention, I completely missed the fighter introductions. And I, f- for some reason, forgot what Colin Anglin looks like, and I don't know if I've seen Melsic Bogdasarian fight. Now, uh, I picked Colin Anglin. I'm looking at these two dudes. I knew one of them, you know, uh, Bogdasarian's kind of like a 
Armenian Russian name and you've got Colin England probably very fucking white name American name I see a guy with like a curly mess of a mop on his on his head like mop hair and I see a guy with like combed over coiffed hair now in hindsight I probably should have realized who was who from that but for some reason I was thinking the opposite way I was like oh curly messy hair obviously it's a sloppy white dude from America <laughs> and Melsig lands the fucking head kick and I was like oh you'll see my boy Colin luckily no one was fucking paying attention because that's the other thing about spaces dude they don't even watch the fights when they're fucking in spaces like <laughs> anyway um, that's why I can't always do fight night spaces but I decided that it's sometimes okay. It depends on who's hosting it, and it depends on what's going on there. Like, uh, like one time I got into a space, and it was like it was actually like before the fights. It was like kind of like fight day, like early in the afternoon. Like people were like sort of just like kibitzing or whatever. And I, and I I went in there and I was like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And we were talking. And then um, I don't know if they were already there, but one of my f- I, I I think they were because I think that's why I joined. One of my favorite accounts was there, and they were talking, and and I and I had never heard their voice before. And when they were talking, I was like, oh, my God, their voice is so fucking amazing. And I got nervous. And I was like, okay, guys, bye. So that's why Spaces is like, I make I make jokes sometimes. I say it's the root of all evil. It's not really the root of all evil. It's just, it's a mixed blessing. So there's that. Uh, there's a unnecessary diatribe on Spaces for you. You're welcome. So, yeah, Melsic knocked the fuck out of Colin Anglin. What are we going to do? Doesn't matter. Didn't really mean anything for the division. Tell you what, though. Uh, Jared Gooden defeated Niklas Stolza. I think it was the first minute. No, that was the Cheyenne base fight. May have also been the Jared Gooden fight. This one I forgot to fucking write down the um, the time because I'm a piece of shit. But uh, Jared Gooden, this I did pick this one correctly. And so I was really happy this went down because my fucking record for last night was not that good, dude. Um, <laughs> but Jared Gooden sent my man Nicholas to the Shadow Realm, just fucking hit him with a nasty combo and put him down. It was like, done. Absolutely frightening. Imagine like cutting Jared Gooden off in traffic and you guys are at a red light together and you look over and you're like, Oh my god, that guy just knocked out Nicholas Stolza in the first round. What the fuck? He's gonna kill me. And then he looks at you and does the Robert De Niro meet the fuckers thing where he's like and you're like, Oh my god, what the fuck? Oh my god. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna just get out of my car and run as fast as I can. And then you don't because this is a fictional scenario and that actually didn't happen. But just imagine. Okay. But anyways, moving on to the co-main, which the weirdest fucking co-main event in history. Uh, Sham Bays. <laughs> Sham, Cheyenne Bays has had one fight in the UFC, to my knowledge. She fought Montserrat Conejo Ruiz. Got pretty much dominated. So she's 0-1 in the UFC. Glory to Paula, I think. Thought was making her debut. I could be wrong on that. I don't have topology up because it's only me right now and I'm freaking out about prep for this episode. But anyways, Cheyenne Bay's fucking beat the brakes off of Gloria DePaul. Like apparently she like wanted to show that she can wrestle because she got out wrestled on her last fight. Which by the way, 
uh, risky strategy. Maybe she knew that Gloria DiBello had shit takedown defense. I don't know. She was like, I wanted to show I can wrestle. I'm like, that could have gone really wrong because we all saw what happened last time. Anyway, um, the story of this fight really was A, Cheyenne Bay's um, taking her down, letting her up, and then hitting her with a nasty head, head kick that fucking knocked her out in one minute flat. And then getting on the mic and saying uh, that she really needed this win bonus to like, she's like, she's negative in her account. And then, uh, you know, she's like super emotional. And bro, this inspired one of my uh, favorite tweets of, of the night from myself. Not from in general, just one of the best ones that I did because the rest were fucking incoherent drunk ramblings. Believe that. Uh, I was like, this is why Dana White needs to pay his fighters or whatever. I mean, I, I had a whole paragraph of what about it. Bro, the incels in the comments were raging and they were caping for Dana White. Like, first of all, you can disagree with me. That's fine. Like, there were people that were like, you know, oh, well, uh, that's about like, I broke it down. I was like, this guy was like, oh, that money she just made uh, is probably more than most people make in a year. I was like, sir, I actually quote tweeted him. I fucking lifted it in the thread. I was like, sir, what are you basing that off of? Because I Googled her disclosed pay for her last fight, which was either 12000 or 13000 I think it might have been thirteen. No, it was 12. Mm, anyway, 12 or 13 I think 12. Um, and obviously she didn't win, so that's all she got. And I was like, what are you basing that off of? Because this is what she made her last fight, assuming it's the same for this fight, because that's usually how it works. Hmm. Uh, where are you getting that math from? Because that's breakdown to, you know, fucking. I th I think I added the two together, and I was like, oh, that's like, uh, thirty something a year, twenty seven thousand a year. I think it might have been, which is like fifteen dollars an hour or thirteen. Might have been thirteen dollars an hour. Maybe that's where I'm getting the thirteen from. Anyway, it was shit pay. It was shit pay. And uh, he was like, well, most people I know only make $10 an hour. You you seem out of touch with the with the poor hungry folk of this country or whatever. I was like, well, you're fucking so stupid. Anyway, dude, um, besides that, dude, people were just straight caping for Dana White. They were like, oh, he doesn't need to. <laughs> and I mentioned how, how she was like financially struggling. And, and someone was like, Dana's struggling as well. I was like, okay, you're probably trolling, but get the fuck out of here. Just, just go. Uh, it was really bad. But anyways, um, Cheyenne Bays. She won me over. Not going to lie, because I, I said that explicitly on last podcast, like the fact that she like took the loss really hard and was like, I'll fucking follow you to the parking lot. I was like, ma'am, calm down. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> you lost a fight. This is your job. We all have bad days in the office. Uh, you know, I, uh, well, I can say this because I'm, I'm going to be leaving my job. I sell cars for a living. And uh, if I don't sell a car, I'm not going to be like, I'll fucking hunt you down here. I was going to make you buy this car, bitch. Like, imagine that going over. It won't. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> what was I even saying? Yeah, she won me over there with this fight. With the, First of all, the performance was fucking amazing. The speech... Uh, there's also a video, uh, that someone posted of her, like finding out she got the bonus and she just starts crying. Like basically if you cry, I'm a fan of you. You can literally go back to, uh, most episodes of this podcast. And anytime someone either cries in cage backstage, 
anything related to the fight or on fight day, uh, I cry with them. That's how I am. And I'm like, okay, I must protect you at all costs. But this main event, dude, Sean Strickland defeated Uriah Hall via unanimous decision. Let me tell you something. I thought this fight would go to the decision because they're both so tough. I picked Sean Strickland. It was not looking good for Uriah in those last two rounds, dude. Holy shit. He was getting the shit beat out of him in the fourth. And I was like, I tweeted, I was like, I'll be surprised if he makes it to the final bell. And the homie Pillars of Salt, I think, is his account. Uh, the at looks like a Coliseum. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, it's Pillars of Salt. It has to be. Anyways, shout out to that guy. He's fucking awesome. He was like, I'm surprised we're even in the fifth round. I was like, yeah, me too. Because Uriah Hall almost got choked out, dude. And almost was like on wobbly legs too. There was a lot going on in this fight. Sean Strickland put on a master class of a performance. Um, and yeah, I get he's kind of fucking... I still haven't figured out whether or not he's problematic. <laughs> he's kind of a fucking weirdo. Says some really shitty, stupid things. Apparently... And I just saw the headline. Like I, I, I never like to go off just the headline. Because there's there's always more to go off of, and I don't I'm, I'm not gonna use the word clickbait because that is that is very much a misnomer. Like if you look up the definition of clickbait, is literally like a misdirect, and it's like, uh, oh, these five things will change your life, or what you know what I mean, like whatever. Um, but there was a headline from MMA Fighting, I believe, that was like, oh, uh, Sean Strickland said he wouldn't mind killing someone in a fight, which. Can I picture him saying that? Absolutely. But it's probably taken out of context and I didn't read the whole interview or watch the video. So I'm not going to fucking, I'm, I'm going to get a few tweets now. People are going to say, oh, he said this or they're going to link the video, which actually I, I might appreciate because I would, I would like to know, but I'll pretend I didn't see it because I don't know. I really like Sean Strickland. I hate when, I hate when we like a fighter and they turn out to be a fucking piece of shit, dude, which happens so often in MMA. It's the worst. Um, But that basically uh, brings us to the end of the fight recap. We had a great night of fights. And this is normally the time where we're going to take a break. And I guess we kind of are. It's not really a break. I'll put the, you know, if you're listening on audio, I'll put the the fucking forum intro music. But uh, on Patreon, we're just going to keep rolling, baby. I'm going to take a little sip of this drink. Probably going to crack open another one. Let's be fair. I definitely am. And uh, we're going to go right into the forum. Got super creepy for no reason. Okay. Um, like I said, definitely. Going to crack open another one. Sorry if that was really loud. I wanted to make sure that it picked up on mic, so I moved the mic over, and it was loud enough, probably. Sorry. All right, guys. We have a few voice questions. There weren't a ton of questions this week, which is fine because we had to record late anyway, and when that happens, I don't like for there to be um, a ton of questions because then Leo and I end up recording to like midnight and then I fucking fall asleep while the thing is still processing and it's not very good for anyone involved. But uh, the homie T-Cross actually sent in 
two two questions. We're gonna play them right. Meow. Hey yo, it's your boy T Cross. Uh, last week I I called in about the Darren Elkins fight. I said I was gonna go back and count how many unanswered shots he landed, uh, and I just did that. So I figured I should report back to you guys. Um, it was 118 unanswered shots in about two minutes and 25 seconds. Um, obviously not all the shots were, you know, crazy powerful, but right to the face with no defense uh, on Derek Minner's part. Um, so yeah, do what you will with that information. Just figured I'd report back. Love you guys. Yeah, not much to add to that other than I'm, I'm really glad that he sent it in. He sent it in like a few days ago and I was like, bro, that's fucking wild. And I absolutely believe it. And it was one of those things when he said that last week, I was like, no, it couldn't have been. Uh, but you you look back and you're like, yeah, no, it actually, I believe it, especially with him reporting back on that. Um, by the way, uh, peel back to the curtain a little bit. Um, since Leo wasn't able to make it, I was like really thinking I, I, I need a co-host. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I need a guest. Let me let me do something. Um, and T Cross was the first person I thought of, but he was at Naga uh, with his girl. I assume she's competing. Uh, so I said, "Good luck to whoever's competing." And he goes, "Oh, thanks, man." But I didn't get clarification on who was. Uh, so it could be him, or it could be one of their teammates, and they're just going to support. I don't know, but I assume it's her. Uh, she's really cool. She came out to my birthday celebration. Um, so yeah, shout out, shout out to. Um, Shout out to them. <laughs> this is so dumb. So T Cross's favorite fighter is Yoana Young Jacek. Um, it was either when I had him on my podcast or when I went on his. I think it was when he was on mine the first time. Uh, I believe it's like episode forty-eight. Uh, it, it took place during the pandemic. It was. It was like, uh, or well, no, it might have been bef- before, but basically shit got shut down anyways i had him on to like talk about refing in general and things like that and uh i had seen like pictures of her on instagram and stuff and i was like oh it makes sense that yoana is your favorite fighter because like your girl kind of looks like yoana he was like what no she doesn't and then she came out with us and i was like yeah that was really dumb that i said that (laughs) i thought they just they just don't look alike um both hot though i will say that So I'm so stupid. Um, here is T Cross's other question. What's up, guys? Just uh, two minutes left in this last fight here. Uriah Hall did not show up at all. And uh, the main event in Bellator is on on my laptop. But my question tonight has nothing to do with the actual fights. Um, for some reason, on this card specifically, there's been a whole lot of beeps and turning microphones off because there's curses and whatnot. Um, I'm, I don't understand why we're watching adults beat the living shit out of each other, um, but we can't hear the word fuck. Um, that's really unfortunate for these fighters who are trying to, you know, show their passion and, and try and stand out and show their personalities and make a call out on the microphone and we can't hear what they said because they accidentally said the word fuck while their adrenaline's running. What are your thoughts on that? Dude, I have so many f- thoughts on this and he, he sent this in last night and I texted him about it. I was like, bro, you're fucking right with this question and I think about it all the time because first of all, 
Like, I don't so much mind the curse words getting bleeped out. If that was all they did, the problem is it's a live broadcast and there isn't enough of a delay for the person to get. It's a really hard job, whoever has to do that. And usually either the word gets through or they end up missing an entire sentence. And I'm like, what the fuck did they even say? This isn't like you're not doing justice to anyone with this. And I know it's like ESPN is owned by Disney. And it was like Mickey Mouse is is a fucking, you know, what's the word? Like a domineering force and, and in control of everything. Bro, uh, one of my teachers in um, in college, my uh, my actually my VPS teacher, which teaches dialects and accents, so you can thank her for my fucking uh, pet peeve about dialects and accents. Um, she was like, people that work for the business side of Disney call it Mauschwitz, and uh, oh, it's so problematic that name, but you can see why or you can you can see by that name what that would mean and that they're so like domineering it, it boggles my mind and it's, and it's like he said we're watching human beings beat the shit out of each other on live television let us hear the word fuck or shit or cunt well no yeah let it all out probably looked so stupid but but seriously and, and it blows my mind. First of all, I don't know if this fight was also available on ESPN. I know it's not just Disney, right? Like if it's if it's like the FCC and things like that. Like if it's broadcast on, um, you know, network television like ESPN, ESPN two or whatever it was showing on. If it was, then there's rules. However, it's on. I'm watching it. I am watching it on ESPN Plus, a fucking streaming service that I pay for. And they're about to raise the price anyway. By by the way, fucking ridiculous that I can't hear the curse words. Just me. I don't care if you guys can hear it. No. Fucking ridiculous that we can't hear the curse words. Like, it, it's so dumb. And it is one of those things where I feel like, like to his point or, or, or to, to a counterpoint to his point, I, I guess I should say, um, it's not like they can really put them on just for this one event because of what it is and then you know not you know go back to bleeping them or censoring them for other sports or, or what have you but it should it absolutely should it's like they should make a, a, a change in the bylaws or the regulation to say hey uh this is fucking human cockfighting that we've sanctioned it's legal let us hear the fucking curse words okay I'm not, I'm not doing a good job of like looking in the camera. I'm like looking at myself to make sure I'm fucking in frame or whatever. I'm so dumb. But anyway, dude. Normalize cursing. And whatever the opposite of normalize is, denormalize. Or what's the opposite of normal? Abnormal? Abnormalize. <laughs> I think I just started a new word. Started a new word? abnormalize censorship there we go that's the fucking title of this episode abnormalize censorship thank you t-cross for helping in the birth of that word in the title of this episode um but you guys should um support t-cross he doesn't uh, have any any content anymore although i've talked to, about doing ventures with him on a couple different things 
And I really want to make that happen, but I'm just so fucking busy. I don't know if I have time. Okay. This next question is from the Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles podcast. That's our boy Ty Fly Guy. You know, I haven't listened actually because I've been running around all day. But I'm sure it's a banger question. So you guys are going to hear me hear it for the first time. What's up, Juice? What's up, Leo? It's Ty here. I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of the card except for the main events for because of a previous engagement. But I did see uh, Cheyenne Bays' 60-second knockout or TK, whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it knockout because I can. <laughs> um, it looked, was really spectacular. So my question to you guys is, where do you see Cheyenne Bays going from here? I think she has a lot of potential to be a huge star in the UFC. Let me know what you think. Love the show. And peace, as always. Hell yeah, dude. And you guys should check out the Front Kicks and Throw Calls podcast. Show them some love. Um, this one is hard to answer because, like I said, she won me over. I'm a fan now, at least tentatively. Let's hope she's not problematic. <laughs> but seriously, uh, she won me over. But also, she's so new in her career. Not just UFC career. Like, she doesn't have a lot of MMA fights total. Um, it's hard to be like, okay, yeah, I see a path for her for boom, boom, boom. Like, no, I don't. And off the top of my head, the only one I thought of uh, was um, Jinyu Fry got a nice win over Ashley Yoder. And that's... That's a good fight. I honestly favor Jin, which is kind of like, you know, not the best to say. But if Cheyenne wins, dude, wow, that's a fucking great fight. That is a great fight. So I say do Cheyenne Bays versus uh, Jin Yu Fry. That's, that's what I got. Or maybe do Ashley Yoder. So she lost. Although, I don't know what Ashley Yoder is doing in the UFC, if I'm honest. Does that make me an asshole? Yeah. Yeah, it does. But thank you, Ty. And we are now going to move into the FSP hotline. First one is from our our boy, Phil the MMA Dude, co-host of the Split Decision Podcast. Uh... Hold on. We'll be right back after this brief message. So the message is I have to apologize to both Phil, the MMA dude, and to MMA Catfish, our boy Seth. Um, they both sent in voicemails to the to the hotline. Google Voice is fucking up and it's like kicking me out and I can't log in to actually like play the message, which is really fucked up. So what I am going to do is read the transcript. Now, full disclosure, and I've said this to them before and, and I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, the transcripts are pretty fucked up. They're not always accurate. People are talking fast. People are impassioned about their message. They're... Um, maybe in a different state of mind, like maybe the one I'm currently in. 
and it's uh, it's uh, it's not always the most crystal clear, which is perfectly fine. And we love hearing the the uniqueness in in the voice, but before the transcript, it fucks it up. So I'm gonna read Phil's first, obviously, because he he was he was first up. It says, "Hey, Juice and Leo, this is Philly anime dude. Philly like Philadelphia. Philly anime dude." Last week, his one said filthy anime, dude. <laughs> I think I said on the show, but I definitely sent it to him. Um, this is a Philly anime, dude, from the Split Decision Podcast. Here's my question for you. So next week, we've got UFC 265, Lewis versus Gone Dead. Now, obviously, a lot of people, such as Francis Ngannou and his fans, are very frustrated about this fight happening because in God Who which I assume is Nganu, Nganu wanted to fight Lewis at 266. Dana said number four, Lewis versus gone, on to $65 for the interim. And now it looks like, obviously, Ngana <laughs> will have to wait until next year just to defend his belt once. Here's my question for you guys. There's thousands and whispers that one in Ghana could do instead is go up to Dana and say, hey, look, well, the Lewis gone winner, a winter, is recovering. Give me that third steep A fight. Now, it sounds the same as steep A Miochis, but it's spelled S-T-E-E-P-A. So technically steep A, because I don't have to pronounce the A there. Give me that third steep A fight. Give me the Steepa Trilogy fight and fight winner of me versus Tupe 3. <laughs> we'll fight the winner of Lewis Gone. And then that way, you could have Ingana to defend a lot earlier, perhaps this year. What do you guys think of that idea? Thanks so much. Again, I really wish I had fucking played this, but the fucking transcript is hilarious, number one. Number two, pretty sure what he's saying. Basically saying... This interim title fight next week shouldn't really be happening because Ngana is ready to defend just a little later than they wanted, and they're doing. They do this all the time, and I, I've learned uh, that it's some it's something of what of a tactic for the UFC. Like if the champion uh, is not really playing ball, quote unquote, numbers wise or uh, time wise or whatever, they'll throw together an interim fight, and if you're you know, Lewis and Cyril gone, of course you're going to want to fight for a title. Of course you're not going to say, oh, it really doesn't make sense for the division. Now I'm going to turn down that fight. No, they're going to, they're going to get that fight. They get more money and it's a, it's basically a golden ticket to the champion. It's a guaranteed title fight. Past, you know, once you win the interim, it's like, okay, now you fight for the undisputed. Like you have to unify them. They do it as a way to force the champions to play ball, if that makes sense. Like, like let's say Ngannou wanted to wait for John Jones. I don't think that's the case, but I'm just painting a picture. And they're like, "No, you got to fight Derek Lewis." And he's like, "Well, okay, I will, but later." They're like, "Okay, no, we're just gonna have them fight, you know, when we want to, you know, which is relatively short order for just winning the belt back in March." Um, no, we're just gonna have this interim fight, and then you can fight the winner on our timetable, which is like a fucking mess, dude. So yeah, I like this. St- Stipe fight a lot. I like this. I like this Stipe trilogy. I don't like it for Stipe. I mean, he got knocked the fuck out, and that's way quick. And that was the whole problem. Like he had that war with DC, and uh, I, I said if he came back, you know, 
and, and by the way, I got this from Daniel Cormier, who was, who was saying this based on, you know, history and things like that. Like, if he did not have time to recover, like if he waited less than a year um, to, to, to fight, defend his belt, he was going to get knocked the fuck out. And he did. So, yeah. I definitely don't like that for Stipe. I mean, Stipe and his fans definitely believe they feel, feel I believe they, they, they deserve a rematch. Or he deserves a rematch. And he, he certainly would, you know, they're one and one He was the most defending heavyweight champion. Of course he deserves a rematch. However, dude. It's going to get knocked out. Sorry about it. Like, it's not even, you know, stylistically or whatever. It's just literally like brain trauma. It's just science. It's just bro science that I know nothing about. It's just, you know, literally like he got knocked the fuck out. You know, you got to recover from that. It's not fully recovered. That's my two cents on it. And God who hits harder than anybody on the fucking planet. Except for Derek Lewis. But yeah, thank you, Phil, for your question. Definitely check out the Split Decision podcast. And um, moving on to our next should have been a voicemail. I'm so mad at Google Voice right now. It's it's really fucking up. And if you guys are listening, maybe don't send it in next week just in case. Unless I say for sure it's good to go. Because otherwise... Like use the anchor; it's easier. Or you can you can always do this. You can record it on your phone, like the voicemail app or whatever. Email me the link or the for the file, and I'll play it. It's very simple. Um, but uh, this message is from Seth, aka MMA Catfish. You should subscribe to his OnlyFans, by the way. It's free, and he's pretty funny on there. Sometimes it's just a little weird. I'm not gonna lie, but it's funny. He says, "Hey, Julie." Oh, baby, is your boy, and then they catfish. So, hey, yeah, I didn't even watch that car because I have other things to do, but then involve watching the car and wage always see people reach back and forth. So here's the thing that I want to propose to people, though, that idea off push it because we're talking about a UFC card here. We're talking about just some regional. It's censored, but I assume it's fucking car sure you'll see you can just bash out any fucking number of fighters and come out with the violence off it's people punching other people in the fucking face violence in general in enemy fighters it's hard to come by in fact amazing fun to watch it exciting to use your local fucking king of the censored again i assume dildos wait i don't dipshit maybe it's king of the dipshit I P S H N. We're gonna go with dipshit, king of the dipshit bar. Like you don't even need to go online to see that shit. Now we're all vaccinated. You just go see it in person. So what I think that people, ma'am, it's when we criticize a UFC card is being weak or not being good. If they're asking us every single week to devote hours of our fucking time to them and our money, none of these ships free. It's on ESPN Plus. Or it's on an upper level cable package. It is not fucking free. It requires us to pay money. Also pay our time. And what I want out of the UFC is the quote unquote leader in the industry. And the quote unquote best of the best is fights that matter. And fights that are important off at least on the main card. And instead we got a fucking bitches fucking maybe even bitch ass. Probably did. Again, it's censored, so I'm guessing. We've got a fucking bitch-ass fucking main event. That was only the mayor 
that because it was the last fucking fight on the car off. That's it. And that's why people say they're fucking weak cards and they are fucking weak cards no matter how many there are. He's fired up. I can tell by that transcript. Very fired up. Unfortunately, that one wasn't clear enough for, uh, for me to get the exact. I mean, there wasn't really a question in there. Obviously, it's like usually like he sends in the rants, which are always top tier, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I agree with what he's saying about we should be demanding more. Although, I don't know. I kind of took, you know, I'm, I'm in like a weird place with the UFC right now where I'm glad that they're giving these other people a platform. Uh, that wouldn't maybe otherwise get it because, you know, some people can't fight because of COVID or like certain international restrictions and they're wanting to put more fights on. But at a certain point, it becomes, you know, to use a Luke Thomas analogy, banquet food. Like it's just, we're at a buffet and it's just like, oh yeah, whatever this is all you can eat. Just kind of come on down. Here's a fucking bunch of food. And that's what it feels like they're they're giving us. So I, so I do agree with him. Like I do want more fights that matter. Um, It's hard though, like they can't all be fights that matter. You know what I mean? If they, if they were to do that, that would lead to, you know, fight cards maybe twice a month. So, do you want cards that matter, or do you want more cards? I'll leave you with that. But thanks so much for your question. And again, I apologize. We're having technical difficulties in the form of Google Voice being a fucking piece of shit. I feel like there's this like um, viral video from YouTube from years and years ago. This guy's like update. <laughs> you probably already know if you're. I don't want to say the name of it because the name is kind of problematic. Well, it's just it's Tourette's guy. It was the Tourette's guy videos. And he'd be like update. My car got stolen. Update. Nobody gives a bullshit. <laughs> Update Google Voice is fucking up. Uh, but now time to open up the Twitter forum. And we had about five questions. And by that I mean four. Well, Callum had two, so maybe there is five. The first one was from my boy Thomas at Tomasum. So is that friendly spar pod Brunson versus Strickland or Strickland versus Till next? Till instruction Till and Strickland will be a fire fight, plus the leader would be epic. I hadn't even thought of that, and I absolutely fucking agree, dude. The Brunson fight is good, and, and you know, that would kind of cement Brunson as still being like that kind of like gatekeeper status. You know what I mean? But dude, honestly, like the way Brunson kind of beat the brakes off Kevin Holland. Kind of exposed him. I honestly feel like he should fight Vittori. That's a bigger fight. Vittori just fought for the title. Vittori also beat Holland in his last win. It's like, make that fight. Vittori versus Brunson is an infinitely more interesting fight to me. And Strickland versus Till is way more interesting as well. Bro, like he said, the lead up? Imagine Sean being like, whatever, he's a fucking dumb Englishman. I'm going to fucking knock him out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill somebody. And Till's like, I don't fucking care. You fucking stupid American. Well, you're fucking bald head. Fucking bald head. Eh? Bro, 
episode, I want to say four, might have been five, I think it was five of FWM. I put a poll on the timeline and I was like, hey, what different dialect or accent do you guys want to see me record the podcast in? I put RP. No one really knows what that is unless you're English. It's like upper crust. It stands for received pronunciation. It's like what their you know, hyperlect should sound like. Cockney, which got a fair amount of votes. It probably came in second, I think. I put Scouse for some reason, and then I put Dublin. Dublin Irish. Uh, I might have also put French. So maybe I didn't do RP. Maybe I, maybe I knew that because there was a Yugoslav before. Maybe I didn't do that. But anyway, I was like, yeah, fucking whatever. Scouse won. And it's obviously not my best, but I was like, I'll fucking do it. I literally sang Sweet Caroline for the fucking intro. And not only that, I did it with a fucking... Scouse style like that I was like Hands Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Sweet Caroline <laughs> Good times Good times Darren Till Versus Sean Strickland That's the fucking seed dude Darren Till Versus Sean Strickland I remember Mickey Gall Was at a UFC Um fighter like Q&A the video on fight week for a, a card in either London or it might have been Glasgow it was somewhere in the UK and uh he was brought out and for some reason like he he felt like he had to like play the heel or whatever and like someone was like, was like I felt like he was trying to at one point because at one point he was like yo I'm not from around here I'm from Jersey I don't drink tea I drink my coffee black or whatever I was like okay Mickey like he was also younger I'll give him that but whatever this was like I'm gonna I'm, I want to say like it was he I think he had just called out Dan Hardy so it might have been after he beat Sage because remember that was when he called out Dan Hardy, that was one of the weirdest callouts ever, honestly one of the weakest as well it was so weird, um, but this fucking guy gets on the mic and he's like why won't you fight that until, like I hate when people say that as, as if it was ever even offered at any point he was just like why won't you fight that until. And he was like, what? I can't understand you. I was like, why won't you fight that until? <laughs> it just became more unintelligible. And he was like, everyone fucking else can understand me. Why can't you fight that until? <laughs> it was the weirdest shit of all time, dude. Not really. Uh, it was fucking super normal for anyone who lives in that area. Um, but the what was weird was Mickey Gall being like, oh, I can't understand. Like trying to play the heel of like whatever. You like so didn't have the clout to even do that because, because no one really gave a shit. They're like, oh yeah, you're just some UFC fighter that they grabbed for this Q&A. Anyway. Next question. So thank you, Thomas. That, that, this guy's fucking awesome. Go give him a follow. Uh, another awesome guy you should give a follow is Unmatched MMA Podcast. Um, he asked us on the timeline earlier, to, earlier, and, uh, earlier in the night. And uh, I almost answered it, and then he goes, wait, should it be for the form? And I was like, yes, yes, dude, put it in the form. Um, and then I was like, oh, you could uh, send it in to the, pot, to the like, audio, and then people can hear the dulcet tones of your voice. Um, so you can get a sample of what's like on his podcast. But honestly, just check out his fucking podcast, dude. Um, so he says... It's easy. It's really easy to point out the bad refs in the game with Herb, the gold standard Dean, steadily bronzing, and Chris Tonioni simply existing. 
But I want to know which refs you guys appreciate in this sport and if y'all have any favorites. Who comes to mind? You know what, bro? At this point, the only one I trust is fucking T-Cross. He's the only one that will take points based on our conversations, based on his knowledge of the sport. I kid. Um, some of my favorites are Mike Beltran. I think he really does a great job. Honestly, it, it so much sort of proves the point of like being a ref is such a thankless job because we don't often go like, oh, that was a good call. It's more just like, hey, who you have to like think back and realize, oh, yeah, I haven't really seen that guy make any bad calls. He's just pretty good. Mike Beltran. Now, Mike Beltran also suffers from not taking points most of the time. I feel like he's done it at least once since I've been watching him ref in the UFC. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, definitely Mike Beltran is one of the best refs in the game right now. Other one, Jason Herzog. Like, sometimes Jason Herzog will make these calls and he'll just be so engaged and whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. He also uh, searches his own name on Twitter, which is like, okay. But, like, <laughs> I want to say it was this podcast, um, Fat Guy and Little Host. And they made a tweet that was like, Jason Herzog has a big dick. And he liked it. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> but dude, Jason Herzog mostly makes good calls, and then sometimes he'll fucking let Anthony Smith almost die and spit out all of his teeth when he fought Glover Teixeira. Hey, Jason Herzog, what the fuck? But to his credit, he released a statement which they normally don't. He was like, I, you know made a bad call or whatever he said i actually didn't remember like i don't remember the statement but i remember seeing that he made one i'm like okay that's good because anthony referenced it in an interview he was like listen i know he made a statement but but i I was fine with the stoppage i wanted to keep fighting which is like hey of course they're gonna say that you're a tough motherfucker but you are getting brain damage um and then also holly home versus raquel pennington too. let holly just hold raquel on the fence for 15 minutes weirdest fight of all time uh not literally i'm being hyperbolic but wow that was such a weird fight and that was all jason herzog's fault no i mean obviously they were kind of to blame there too but like that's that's when a ref should be more active that's when a ref should be like hey you're not i mean it's a fine line right because like i'm not really a big fan of referee stand-ups like when you're on the ground it's like hey the guy on bottom's job or the or the woman on bottom whoever is on bottom whichever fighter the fighter on bottom to stand up and if you can't suck and you're losing that fight or that round sorry about it do better and i'm not a big fan of stand-ups but i am a fan of separations in a clinch on on the fence like i like clinch work and it's you know it's it's nice and uh nuanced or, or whatever if you're like train uh mma or muay thai and you're like oh yeah this guy has a good clinch and you're like oh yeah that's good work that they're doing that was just for the patrons. Um, but but no, when it's like wall install, I'm like, get that bullshit out of here. Separate them. And Jason Herzog let that happen. See, I can't, even, I can't even answer this question about who are the good refs without throwing shade. But basically, it's Mike Beltran. And uh, no, there's another one, dude. Jaron Vallel. And you probably don't even know who that is. I first learned of this gentleman. UFC 236, Atlanta, Georgia. Max Griffin versus... The Russian dude. He took away a point for fence grabbing right away. He was like, oh, stop. Illegal move. 
One point deduction. One point. One point. I was like, the fucking patron saint of point deduction. He's finally here. And he refed a couple other times and also had good calls. I just can't remember those specific fights to shout, but Jaron Vallel is another one, dude. He's the man. But I don't think he's like accredited in like every, not accredited or whatever, certified or whatever in multiple states, which is unfortunate. So he hasn't been able to really work during the pandemic as far as I know, like at least in, in the UFC. Just took a drink. Uh. Obviously, you can tell it's a little bit too fast. Anyway, dude, great question. Shout out to Jaron Vallel and him only. And my belt drive. And Jason Herzog half the time. No, most of the time, that's not fair. <laughs> and check out Unmatched MMA Podcast. This question is from the homie Callum. He says, I was going to try and do his dialects, but I can't do it. He's got an interesting, like, estuary kind of, like, um, like London kind of dialect. I really love it. But I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been working on my, like, northern, like, kind of, like, almost Yorkshire, like, Game of Thrones style dialect for a play that I'm in. And I almost did it in that dialect, which is not his. I was also like, why do you think the cards that look terrible on paper always seem to overperform in the eyes of most people? See, that wasn't even that good. But anyways, why do you think the cards that look terrible on paper always seem to overperform in the eyes of most people? I still think the card was, on paper, really, really bad and deserving of criticism. Like, Cheyenne, headlocks are my kryptonite, Bays was the co-main. <laughs> also, Sean Strickland versus Izzy would have the best buildup on history. I think he means in history. I should have just said that. I'm an asshole. Thoughts? Yes, dude. Obviously, Sean's not ready for a title show right away. So it seems dumb to be like, book it. That's the fight. But also, book it. That's the fight. <laughs> Speaking of that, speaking of me saying booking, I said earlier in the week, I was like, Leon Edwards would wax Jorge Masvidal. I said, Leon Edwards waxes Jorge Masvidal. Book it. To be fair, I was kind of trolling, just in the sense that I know I I'm feel, I feel pretty confident saying that Leon Edwards beats Jorge Masvidal. Maybe even 50-45 some. But Leon Edwards is not the kind of guy that's putting people away usually, like stoppage-wise. And that's usually what it means when someone says, like, waxes. And motherfuckers were in their feelings on that tweet, dude. It was so funny to watch. Um, and Callum was like, this is your best tweet. And I was like, I did that just for you. Uh, but yeah, Sean Strickland versus Izzy? Absolutely. And honestly... <laughs> that kind of build up, they might both get canceled. Let's be fair. Izzy almost got canceled for the Twin Towers comment. Some of you guys may not remember that. I'm not going to repeat it if you don't because whatever. Uh, but he apologized and actually I like his apology and he said something about it uh, on, in an interview with Ariel that was very, very fucking poignant. And he was uh, he was shooting on Palo Costa at the same time even though he wasn't fighting Palo Costa. Because my guy knows how to set up the next fight. Anyway, dude. Sean Strickland versus Izzy would get really fucking weird <laughs> in the buildup. <laughs> I'm here for it. But again, they might both get canceled. I would be sad if that happened. But yeah, dude, to his point, like, Cheyenne Bay should not have been the co-main. And, and, and yeah, he's very much in the same mindset of what I said earlier, which is like, yeah, these fights... 
Both can be true. It's not mutually exclusive that it, uh, shit on paper fight card uh, delivers. You know what I mean? That wasn't probably even a cohesive sentence. What I meant to say is you can say beforehand a card to shit on paper. It can deliver. It can have amazing fights. You can afterwards still say, that's a shit fight card on paper. And that's exactly what MMA Catfish was saying as well. And I saw him, before I started recording, I saw him re- retweet the one of those weird MMA doggess goddess account, like one of those fucking weird faceless accounts. It was like, that person, whoever it is, was like, oh, I'll watch they listen to the podcast and think I'm a piece of shit and like angry tweet at me. I'm sorry, I just, I, I don't understand those accounts. I'm like having Jewish guilt about it. Anyway, the thing, there was like a screenshot of the fight card and it was like, these could all be fight of the year contenders. Still a shit fight card. And I was like, hey, actually agree with that. But yeah, dude. To specifically to answer the question is just why why do you think those cards like that overperform in the in the eyes of most people? I think I think I've said this before and I don't know if this holds true. I think there's a, a psychological aspect where the fighters know they're like not really fighting for their job, but they're fighting for recognition. Like, first of all, like Cheyenne Bays would n- normally not be on a main card or second fight in the UFC. This was 100% a victim of circumstance. This was A, like, like she, I don't think she was the scheduled co-main. I, I'm pretty sure the co-main was one of the fights we lost, which was uh, Mr. Perfect, Kyung Ho Kang, I think is his name, versus uh, Haniyaya. That got scrapped. Like, you know, even that's not the best main event, but at least they're guys who have been in the UFC a while. Uh, Chine Bay has not been in the UFC a while, and so she she, she would not have really been the main event. I guess they wanted to push her and and that you know I'm sorry Comain, uh, yeah that's sort of how how it goes I guess. As far as that, and then as you know when it comes to um, the 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 reason they overperform, can you tell I'm super drunk? I'm like talking in circles around his question. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that they know the position they're in and that they have to kind of give the extra effort and it leads to these banger cards. But that also could be just coincidence. Like it just always seems that way. I don't know. I really don't know. I also feel like here's the other thing as well. One of the reasons that um, the car, if, if a card is not shit on paper, it's because there's more names and there's higher ranked fighters. Those people have more to lose. And so they fight that way. These motherfuckers have nothing to lose. So there's that. Um, this is a question. Oh, he changed the name, dude. <laughs> Seth's going to get jealous again. Fucking Frank, dude. Just some. Uh, he used to be just some asshole. Now he put just some Stan's ant hole. Because last week I said he was a Stan's ant or a fan's ant. And he said, no, I'm a, I'm a Stan's ant. Dude, this guy loves PVZ. Uh, and I do too. I fucking love Page Van's ant. Um, but it's at still some asshole. Definitely give him a follow. I made a tweet, so I was I was looking for um a, a, a guest co-host for the night, and I was like panicking, and I was like, and does anyone want to record? And like a few people were like down, and he was one of them. And then I, I sat back and I was like, I had a lot of things. I even like I was like texting someone. I text Seacrest actually, so I wanted to get him on. I was like, ah, oh, you know what? First of all, super. Super tough ask to ask someone to to record at fucking nine o'clock on the East Coast and then do it for like an hour or two, which I'm already over an hour. 
and then also like it was super late notice. So I was like, you know what? I got this. I'm just going to do it solo, baby. So shout out to Frank, but I do, but I, I, I was thinking about, um, having him on, but he says Strickland versus Costa next, you know, something to, to my point of when I was answering to Tomas's question, or it's probably just Thomas, but the way the ad is spelled, like it looks like Tomasum. So I always want to say Tomas, but, um, the, my, my boy Thomas, um, since Costa just fought for the title, and I think he was, was he actually scheduled against Robert Whitaker, or did I read that wrong? Or uh, there was this thing where he came out, he was like, no, I wasn't actually scheduled, whatever. Clearly, they're like trying to still keep him in the upper echelon of the ranking. So, ranking wise, that doesn't really make sense. However, I still want to see it. Add that to the list of banger matchups for, for Sean Strickland. That's a fight that, um, you know, obviously. They both want to keep it standing, but you could say that about Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland, and Sean got it to the ground uh, at least a couple times, and I feel like if he does that against Costa, it's fucking done. That motherfucker will gas, dude. Sean Strickland dog walks Paulo Costa. How about that? What a great note to end the forum on, because that was actually the last question. So thank you, my man. Uh, just some stands ant hole. <laughs> oh, dude, I love this guy. Um, fuck yeah! <laughs> I'm laughing so hard at the name change, dude, because it was from last episode. Um, that's it for the forum. Uh, if you want to get involved, uh, you can always DM me a question. You can always DM me for anything. DMs are always open for you know nudes, or business inquiries, or questions, or nudes, or if you just want to talk because your mental health is low, or nudes. Uh, DMs are open. I kid about the nudes. I'm not kidding though. Um, but seriously. Uh, <laughs> get involved in the forum. Send me questions. Uh, but also, you can send in audio questions. You can go to anchor.fm slash fighting with myself because the URL hasn't changed. And you can hit message and you can send a message that's up to a minute long that will be played on the podcast. You've heard tons of them before. Um, we're going to sort out the hotline, but otherwise you can record yourself uh one time someone did a, a question a recording that was five minutes and I played the whole thing and I still think back to that and go, why did I play that whole thing? It was five minutes long, but I'll still play them. One, one time one guy sent me a 17-minute recording, dude. I was like, obviously not playing it. But it was it was in response to a, pre- a previous episode, so it wasn't like he wasn't expecting it to be played. I listened to the whole thing. It was great. He made some very good points, but I was like, I can't play this on the podcast. It's 17 minutes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can always record yourself in a, a, a voice memo and or, or, or whatever app you have on your phone that records things and, and email it to fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. Uh, Leo and I almost got, I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, email is also open for like sponsorship inquiries or whatever. Leo and I almost got a sponsorship or whatever from uh, Manscaped. And uh, then they like took it away. When we got further into conversations, they were like, oh, actually, just kidding. But, you know, keep us in mind for later. Uh, kind of like, whatever. Let's let's come out of the conversation in the future. And, uh, no. Nah, dude. Nah. 
you already you already honey dick this. I'm not I'm not going back. But that is the end of the forum. Now let us well let me give you my picks for UFC 265. And this is different because I will be watching these fights live, dude. Yes. Shout out to my girl Isha. She won Angela Hill's contest. I got second place. Uh she um gave me the other ticket. And uh, I definitely didn't deserve that because the other person that was in the running was um her husband Stu. And uh, obviously we need him and her together like in the same location because she's in the UK. She's in California. We need that uh I was I was like honestly I was like, "Oh my god, dude, of course you know like seeing that on the timeline would just make my heart happy to see you guys together but he couldn't make it travel restrictions you know Biden is dragging his feet and Boris is fucking up too so here we are by the way if you guys never saw my fucking tattoo it's the best tattoo I've ever seen in my entire life anyway dude these fucking fights are amazing honestly I was going to recap the prelims as well I think I might when I say recap, obviously I mean preview. Um, but let me do the main card first, and then we'll see if we have time. Uh, opening up the prelim is... Oh, God damn it, I almost I said prelim again. Opening up the main card is Song Yudong versus Casey Kenny. Now, we all know Casey Kenny is a bridge troll, right? He lives under a bridge, uh, and he collects the toll to pass said bridge, and uh, that's how he makes his living when he's not fighting. Uh, so being that is the case, uh, I want Sung Yudong to fucking absolutely hand him the business, and I think he's going to. Sung Yudong's a great fighter. Casey Kenny ain't shit. I mean, he's a decent fighter, but he's also a fucking bridge troll. Let's be honest. Uh, so yeah, Sung Yudong via dismantling. How about that? And because of the fucking bullshit news we got earlier in the week that Angela, uh, Amanda Nunes has COVID. That fight was pulled from the card, and our girl Angie got vaulted to the main card. So this is like lemons out of lemonade. I'm going to watch Angela Hill rearrange Tisha Torres's face. And I can't wait. So, yeah, obviously I'm picking Angela Hill. And it's not just because of the ticket, too. It's not just because, like, you know, she's the reason I'm getting an opportunity to go out and see the fights live, see my homies in Houston. Shout out Sandy Pants. Uh, and obviously everyone else in Houston, but Sandy's a patron, so I know she's watching. Um, dude, I always pick Angela Hill. I fucking love Angela Hill. Um, so yeah, Angela Hill uh, to be Tisha Torres all day long. Now the this next one I deliberated on for a while. I have honestly, it was like I switch my pick every week. Like ever since this fight was announced, it's Michael Chiesa versus Vicente Luque. Uh, now, if you don't say it with a fucking super on point Portuguese accent like me, you might say Vicente Luque. And you wouldn't be wrong. But uh, Vicente Luque is how it's supposed to be pronounced. And I know that because I listened religiously to the Best Camp of My Life podcast with Fernanda Prachis. And that's how she says it. She's obviously more correct than I would ever be about anything. Super drug was just about to say. Something really stupid. But anyway, dude, Michael Chiesa is who I'm going with just because <laughs> I don't think about the fucking Brazilian pronunciation, but I was like, oh, it's actually Michael Chiesa I'm going to pick. Just because, honestly, I really love Michael Chiesa, and I think he's 
huge actually for Walter Wade. I don't know how he ever made 155. Um, I think he's actually going to get in some nice control time. Might even sub Vicente. Vicente, I don't know if he's got his black belt. Yeah, I think at one point he was a brown belt. And he's got a few darts chokes on his record. So he's not a slouch on the ground by any means. But Michael Kiesa sometimes he's just nasty with it. Like Carlos Condon's a black belt. And uh, Michael Kiesa got him in a one-armed Kimura. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. So I'm picking Michael Kiesa, but I'm obviously I love Vicente Luque as well. So I'm not even sitting here saying like I want him to dominate. Honestly, I'm hoping for a draw. The Komen is another one that um, I deliberated about a while just because it's hard because Jose Aldo's. I don't say in the twilight of his career, but yeah, it's kind of in the twilight of his career. Um, he's definitely got more fights behind him than are in front of him. And you look at a guy like Pedro Munoz. Yeah, he lost his last fight, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, or maybe, I can't remember if Frankie was his last fight or if he fought Jimmy Rivera last. I think he might have beaten Jimmy Rivera. Now, if I was Joe Rogan, I would say, Jamie, pull that up. Uh, and that was the last you'll ever hear me reference Joe Rogan on his fucking podcast. Bro, literally the guys in the group chat sent a video. It was either Heck, uh, that's Hectic one. I don't know why I, I don't think I've ever called him Heck. That's weird. Um, Tony or Goon, one of them, uh, sent a video of like Rogan doing stand up and he's just like fucking the stool. And there's like a whole video about it <laughs> of like comedians that have been on his podcast saying that it was dumb and him being like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And then, so, and then someone's like, well, it can be good sometimes. And then there's a clip of him doing it a fucking ton in his, in his standup. I literally watched that and I was laughing. And then I almost, I was like filled with immense shame that I ever found Joe Rogan funny. I was like, what the fuck was me from three years ago thinking? But anyway, uh, what was I even? Why did I even bring that up? Pedro Munoz, Jose Aldo, stool fucking. No, I got nothing. Uh, I'm picking Jose Aldo mostly because it's a little bit of a hard pick. Um, Pedro Munoz is like a good fighter and a, and he's a nice guy, but Jose Aldo is like, you know, it's, it's my dude. Um. So yeah, Jose Aldo. Plus, also, well, no, I was, I was <laughs> never mind. Uh, don't ask me to explain that. I'm not going to. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gon for the interim heavyweight title. Now, should this fight be happening? Absolutely not. But I'm happy that it is because I get to watch Derek Lewis beat the shit out of the fucking Frenchman, dude. By the way, I actually love the French. I watched Stillwater today with. Um, with my wife and her mom, it was pretty good, and it takes place in France. He's in Marseilles, Marseilles, and every time they were speaking French in the movie, I was like, "God, I want to fucking learn French." Like, "C'est va, c'est va bien, tu couleur préférée, couleur." I was like, "Oh, I gotta fucking learn French, dude. It's so hot." But anyway. 
Derek Lewis is gonna beat the shit out of that Frenchie. <laughs> Derek Lewis said something about it. he's like, oh, the fucking French fry motherfucker or whatever, and I was like, Derek Lewis is undefeated against French fries. <laughs> Come on, that was a great tweet by me that didn't get enough love. So yeah, I gotta remember the title of the book: Abnormalize Censorship. That's the title of the podcast. Okay, that's it, guys. We came to a screeching halt here. Um, uh, you can follow Leo at LeoGH2113. You can follow me and the podcast at FriendlySparkPod. You can follow this dick at OnlyFans.com. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, so stupid, dude. Uh, anyway, um, like I said, you can email the podcast, findingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. Uh, uh, if you're under 65 and you send me an email instead of uh, a tweet or an Instagram DM, I'm going to think that's maybe a little weird, but I'll still answer it. Obviously, like I said, for questions, it's similar to like, you know, email the question with the link to the thing. Like, that's, you know, whatever. But, like, if you just have a question like, hey, what's this? And it's an email, I'll be like, hey, man, what you doing? Uh, but anyway, oh, um, this has nothing to do with anything, but we have time. And I just want to say this, um, Leo and I, I think I mentioned this before our friend, Andrew and I are, uh, thinking about doing a, a podcast about bromance movies, like bro- romantic comedies, which isn't really a thing, but we've kind of made it a thing. If you have an idea of a movie, that's a bromance movie. I already have a ton on the list, dude. So I probably have already thought of it, whatever you're thinking, but if you, think of one that you think should be featured on that podcast let me know I'll add it to the list if it's not already on the list and with that said uh, I forgot to ask do you like guacamole <laughs>